Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer is here with us. Make sure you check him out on Twitter, at JFergusonAU. And uh, a great newsletter came out today detailing the middle eight and the struggles of the Auburn football program. Ferg, the time is greatly appreciated, and let's start there. Uh, you got some really eye-popping numbers there with the middle eight. Yeah, uh, for those of you who don't know, the middle eight is something that Bill Belichick uh, really kind of brought to prominence. Uh, you know, over the uh, over over the last couple of decades, um, and what it basically means is the, the the last four minutes of the first half and the first four minutes of the second half. Uh, it's kind of a game within a game um, just because of the way kickoffs and halftime goes and, and momentum and all those things. Uh, teams that usually win the middle eight, uh, 72% of the time, win the game itself uh, in, in, in Power 5 football. So uh, with that in mind, it's very, very important. Uh, this season, Auburn is getting outscored 42-7 to in the middle eight. They have given up a touchdown on each of the last uh, – on each of the, in each of their games in the last two minutes of the first half. Um, and they've only scored one touchdown coming out of the second half. This is really bad uh, for a number of reasons. Uh, but to put that in perspective of how bad it is, Auburn has the fewest points in the middle eight of any team in the SEC this season. They have given up the most points of any SEC team in the middle eight this season, and it's by a pretty big margin. Uh, there are only three teams in the SEC that have a negative in in, uh, in the middle eight, oh, negative point differential, Auburn's is minus thirty five. The other two are negative three and negative six. So they are far and away the worst team in it. And it's 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 one of those things where you know you can pick out a lot of stats, you can pick out a lot of trends about Auburn that aren't good. But this one right here, as it relates to things like game management, um, you know, focus, timeouts, uh, coaching, you know, just decision making there. There's so much that goes into that. And the middle eight is kind of an area where it gets really, really accentuated. And uh, Auburn, you know, failed in the middle eight against LSU. And uh, it's, it's carried on a, a really disturbing trend for the team that is kind of, a, I think, a microcosm of just kind of what all has happened for this for this team under Brian Harson. Auburn is, I believe it's 87 to 13. They've been outscored in Power 5 games in the middle eight. Um, you can win without being good in the middle eight, but it's rare. And I think we're seeing the seeing some of those effects this season. Justin, you know, you, you look at this past weekend's performance against LSU, and the Tigers got out to a, a I wouldn't say it's an overly impressive start, but it was more impressive than we've seen them in this past this year so far. And then uh, again, you hit that second half, and it just kind of fizzled out again. And I, what what is your takes on why this keeps happening to the Tigers? Yeah, I mean, why it keeps happening, it's a variety of reasons. You know, you can't really come and say, well, if they do this better, they'll they'll fix their second half woes. I think you go back and look at this game, uh, a lot of it had to do with either self-inflicted wounds where you have a negative play, uh, a fumble, um, a turnover, something like that in a key situation, or you get behind the chains on first downs. Uh, and, and that happened a lot. And, and some of those go hand-in-hand. Hand. You know, Auburn, uh, before Coy Moore's interception, Auburn loses five yards because Robbie Ashford fumbles the, the mesh on, a, on what looked like a zone read. That kind of stuff just adds up and adds up. And when you're a team that's not very good at third downs, except for these like third and long kind of heaves, you, you're going to have a hard time scoring. And so Auburn, the game is about finishing your drives. Uh, we saw in the first half against Penn State, 
the reason why Auburn wasn't able to stay in that game long is because they failed to take advantage of their opportunities in the first half. In the second half against LSU, they didn't take advantage of their opportunities. They missed a field goal late in the second quarter, and it got, went on from there. You go from your first three trips past the 40 and scoring 17 points to your next four, you score zero. It's it's finishing drives, and Brian Harson said it yesterday. There's not one magic answer to it, and he's right. I think it's because there's a lot of problems, and uh, you know. So you say like, what, what? Why does this keep happening? It's just it's it's, it's some of everything. It's just generally this offense uh, is not very efficient. It's not consistent at all. Uh, and you know, when other teams adjust and other teams make their corrections on defense, especially in the second half, Auburn has failed to counter off of that. Uh, and you see that in the, in the reflected in the score. Justin, while Auburn didn't win this game, you can see some improvement, it looks like, on the offense. The offensive line blocked fairly well. Not perfect, but they were better than they have been. Robbie Ashford had by far the best game of his young college career. Uh, how, how sustainable do you think that improvement is? How much do you think of it had to do with LSU? And do you expect to see more of that against Georgia or significantly less? I, I think a lot of it had to do with LSU. I think this LSU team has, has got some issues, um, particularly on the defensive side up front. Um, they've got good edge rushers, but not really great at inside linebacker, not really great in the trenches, and, and Auburn kind of exposed that a little bit. Giving up some big plays, they, they let some wide-open guys go in the past game. That Camden Brown touchdown was a coverage bust. Of, you know, Auburn still made the play to, to make it happen, but you know, we do was running wide open there. Had some wide open guys, you know, on some of those scramble drills that Robbie Ashford hit downfield. Now he played better, and Auburn's offensive line played better, and Auburn's running game was a little bit better. But I think a lot of it had to do with LSU. Uh, I think that's year one. I think there's a there's been a lot of turnover there. There's not as much consistency. Well, you're going to play a Georgia team this week that has probably the best defense in America. So I don't know. I don't know if you're going to see the exact same thing. But you you did see you did see something like Robbie Ashford. I thought looked pretty confident throwing the ball deep downfield. Um, getting some explosive plays, that's always good. Um, I think the interior line that they've got right now with Council at center uh, is probably their best lineup, their best possible lineup. I think you saw fewer communication mistakes on the offensive front, and I think that just led to a little bit better play overall. Um, so you, you can take all those as positives, but you're at home playing a team that is in flux right now in year one, changing a lot of stuff. You're about to play the defending national championship champion on their turf, in a rivalry game in a place where you haven't won uh, and really haven't been super competitive in the last 17 years. So, you know, I, I don't expect it to continue as much. Um, if it does, I mean, that's a really good sign for Auburn. And look, Georgia, um, you know, has not looked overly impressive uh, in their last couple of games. So if Auburn can sustain some of that progress and kind of build some consistency off of it, yeah, you maybe, you maybe see a different result than what it is right now. But I do attribute a lot of that to just LSU and the way they are at the moment. Follow him on Twitter at JFergusonAU, talking about this Auburn football team now five games into the year and preparing for their first road game of the season against Georgia, a team that Auburn has not won since 2005. What has it been about playing in Athens over the years? It's the Deep South's oldest rivalry. Why do you think it's been such a struggle for Auburn to win? Well, I think that you know Auburn shot themselves in the foot too many times during the era where Georgia wasn't quite as good um, and they missed their opportunities. And now since, since you know, Mark Rick, or since Mark, uh, Kirby Smart, I guess the end of the Rick era had, had issues, but you know, the Kirby Smart 
since he's gotten the machine going in Georgia right now, it's like <clears throat> it's it's hard to beat a team like that. I think you can see the same thing. It's very similar to Auburn in Georgia. I mean, I'm sorry, Auburn in Alabama. You know, in Tuscaloosa, uh, very similar kind of situation there. Uh, you know, it's just I, I, Georgia's Georgia's a really good defensive team. Uh, more often than not, uh, Auburn. It's it's just it's a, it's a game that they take super super seriously. And, you know, Auburn's had some games here in Jordan-Hare Stadium where they've been able to, you know, kind of make make up for it against Georgia. But, you know, on, on the road, it's just been – it's kind of like LSU. You know, LSU – the LSU streak was a little bit more unpredictable because Auburn had their chances and LSU was just as sporadic as Auburn was. Um, can't really say that about Georgia. I think really in the – especially in this last decade or so, uh, they've just been a whole lot more consistent uh, football team. Justin Ferguson's here with us once again. A big showdown coming up for Auburn against Georgia. And on the defensive side of the football, the Tigers are going to be out, uh, be without one of their top pass rushers. Uh, who else on that defensive front can step up in Leota's absence? It's going to have to be Marcus Bragg. Um, you're not seeing a whole lot of Dylan Brooks so why far is this that? season. Uh, why not Dylan Brooks? Yeah. Um, this defense doesn't rotate a lot. I don't know what to tell you. This is bad. I yeah. mean, this is... For two years running now, we have not seen this defensive line do a ton of rotation. You get some of the guys in there or not. I think I think Bragg's done a good job coming in and being that guy. But like honestly, you know, so far this season, if Derek Hall or uh, you know Leota aren't on the field, there's a really big, significant like difference sure. in Auburn's defense. So I think they played him as much as humanly possible because of it. Now you can't rely on that with Leota. So. Uh, I do think Marcus Bragg has played well when he has been in the game. Um, I think he is, he's made some plays, and uh, he, he's definitely going to be helpful in that regard. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, this is this is one of the biggest losses you could possibly possibly have because there's just not a whole lot of depth. There's not really any established depth, um, you know, behind now Hall and then what you're going to get out of uh, out of Bragg. I'm sure you're going to see a little bit more of, uh, of uh, Dylan Brooks, but, like, it's just, you know, for whatever yeah. reason, the, the staff's just not trusting him to, to get heavy minutes at this point. But that, that goes for a lot of these guys who are you know, further down the depth chart. Yeah, more of a compliment, you're saying, to, to 29 and 55 for what they've been able to do this oh, season. Yeah, if they're yeah. good to go, have them on the mm-hmm. field. Dylan Brooks is just somebody that was just such a heralded recruit. Big deal when Auburn yeah. gets him to flip all of a sudden. And we just hadn't seen him yet. So uh, I was curious if there was anything more to that. But you made a good point. If, if 29 and 55 are so good, make sure they're out there then. Yeah, and now you don't have 55. So, I mean, I, Bragg's done a really good job. He's got experience, you know, from coming from Western Kentucky. Um, so you might see some Brooks on, on top of that. But, yeah, it's just, you know, this, this these two guys were so valuable that they just maximized their, their reps. And, unfortunately, Leota's, Leota's done. Tell me about the secondary at this portion of the season. Well, Auburn's coming off of a game – uh, where they had their best pass defensive performance no in kidding. about, I think, like 14 years, I believe, uh, oh, wow. in terms of in terms of yards per attempt. Now, I think part of that is because Jaden Daniels and LSU's passing offense is not very good. Um, but this was the best game in 14 years for Auburn against an SEC team in pass defense. This was a really good game for them. I thought that they tightened up on their coverage pretty well. They didn't really give up. I mean, the, the big play that LSU had, uh, in the passing game was a linebacker losing John Emery in the flat and, and you know, coming to big play there. They didn't have really anything else outside of that. Um, so I thought the secondary did step up. You know, they really didn't make Kayshawn Boutte a factor in the game at all. I think he had one catch. Um, you know, so they stepped up. I think the defense as a whole has stepped up. 
um, you know, from the Penn State game where they looked so bad. I think the last two weeks they played what I would consider good defensive football, winning defensive football. Not perfect, but it's college football. You're not going to have a perfect defense. Um, but, you know, they, they've played excellent, you know, excellently at times during these stretches. Um, so, you know, the defense has taken a step forward. I think you've seen some growth out of the second gear. There, you definitely see it out of your out of your defensive line. I think you may want to see a little bit more out of your linebackers, but there's been some injuries there. Didn't seem like Cam Riley played last week uh, because he was banged up. But, yeah, the secondary I thought tightened up. I think the rotation they've got in right now is, is kind of where they, where they like. D.J. James is playing really well. Keontae Scott seems to, seems to be settling in at, at, in the slot at the moment. So the secondary did step up. It's going to be huge uh, in this upcoming game because, you know, Georgia, all the different weapons Georgia has, uh, through the air and, and Stetson Bennett is just is just really really efficient. But um, you know, I, I think I think for Auburn, um, you know, I think for Auburn, you have to like some of the progress you're making on the defensive side of the ball. It's just the, the offense is lagging behind way way too much. Jay Ferguson, AU on Twitter is here with us. You got a basketball newsletter coming out tomorrow, correct? Yeah, yeah, I'll be writing about a Jani Broom. Uh, okay, and uh, just uh, kind of. It's an interesting case for him. I think Auburn's getting used to having him because he's different than what he's, they've had from their big men in a while, and I think he's getting used to Auburn and kind of evolving and adapting his game. So it's been, you know, these first couple of weeks of practice, it's been it's been fun to see him kind of evolve his game from what we saw at Moorhead State and also watching Auburn kind of evolve what he can do on offense, especially uh, with him on the floor because he is, he is a uh, more of a traditional big man than what they've had in recent years. And on Friday, a mailbag's coming for the Auburn Observer, right? Yeah, mailbag on Friday, Thursday podcast will be a preview of the Georgia game with a couple of special guests. Uh, and so, yeah, it'll be a pretty – it's a pretty busy week. And then uh, we'll have coverage, obviously, over the weekend from what all goes on in Athens. AuburnObserver.com says I could send an email to the one and only JF at gmail.com. Is that still true? Yes. Okay. Just wanted to make sure. Oh, I like yeah. that email name. <laughs> Watch out, Justin. You're about to get one of those chain emails from JJ. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, like, it's- <laughs> I'll mark you as spam. That's easy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you so much for the time. It's always good to talk with you, and we'll uh, we'll see you soon, buddy, okay? See you guys.